Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. You know, you know I, I think that many times when we come into a, a new year, um, a lot of times we make New Year's resolutions. I'm not going to ask who's made them or not because they're not bad. They're not evil. I, mean, I encourage you, make resolutions. But can I tell you that many times our New Year's resolutions, what they address are external things. And many times what we do is we expect if we can change some external things that they will change on the inside. But can I tell you that that is not long-lasting change. Like you can't expect to change something on the outside and it really change you to the core. That is why that studies show that 80%, I don't want to discourage you, but 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by midtime February. Welcome to church. Come on, 2020. I mean, but the reality is, is that some of us already in our second week of the new year have already broken our resolutions. And here's the reason why is because resolutions, they deal with the external part of us. That's why I told you that 2020 will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. Because we like to work on the outside in, God works on the inside out. You see, that is where the real change is going to happen in your life this year, is when you say, God, I'm tired of trying to fix things myself on the outside, hoping that they'll make me feel better, feel more significant, feel more successful. But God, I want you to change me from the inside out. You see, you'll look at 2020 through one of two lenses. Either look at your notes. I have them for you on your notes. Either you will say, you know what, I'm going to change outside in, or I'm going to change inside out. When you try to change outside in, what you say is, I'm going to change my spending. I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to change how I spend money. I'm going to change how many times I eat chocolate. But it doesn't work. That's why we say, let God change you from the inside out in 2020. Because 2020 will either, I'm going to be doing something different or I'm being someone different. Come on, are you taking your notes? Do you have them? Come on, take them out. Come on, let's go. Because here's the thing, either we're going to be doing something different or we could say, God, help me to be being someone different. It's doing versus being. Many times our resolutions fail because we're focused on doing versus being. And as long as your focus is, okay, I'm going to do things differently, that's external. But when you say, I want to be someone different, that's internal. Here's what I mean. You will either in 2020 improve the old you or you will let God help you to become a new you. Anybody here today, you want to become a new version of yourself. Come on. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like an iPhone that 2020 is just going to be the latest update to fix the bugs and the glitches in my life. I want God today to create something new in me. I want this year to be a whole new David Stalker Jr. I want this year, come on, I've come to preach with something. That I want God to do something new in my life. You see, here's what I understand is that if if 2020 is going to be different, if we're going to let God do crazy, awesome things in our life, then we have to understand that if if we had 31 days to live, what would we change? Now, we would change some things. Um, It was crazy. Last weekend, um, if you were here, you saw the video that we showed of the the guys at, at, at Dolphin Mall who we went out and we did video. Hey, if you had 31 days to live, what would you change about your life? And like, man, the answers were crazy. Like people were saying, I would rob a bank. 
I'm like, guys, you went to the wrong mall, man. Come on. I guess those are the answers you get at Dolphin Mall. You should have gone to Dayland. Come on. I mean, like, like, that's real, right? I mean, like, Dolphin Mall, people are thinking about robbing the bank. <laughs> and you think you don't know Jesus in Miami. Come on, man. We need Jesus. Protect us from the bank robbers. Everyone's like, a, <laughs> 31 days to live. If you had 31 days to live, what would you dif- do different? And every one of us in this room, we would do things different. Our, our proposition to you is this. If you would do something different, if you only had 31 days to live, my prayer is obviously that you have way more years than that to live and days. Come on, anybody? Want more days to live? Cool. Wow. Scary group of people here right now. Like my, my prayer is you have more days than that to live. So if you would make some changes, if you had 31 days to live, why not make them now and live that out the rest of your life for the next 40, 50, 60, 70 years? How that would impact our life if we just made those changes anyway? So today what I want to do is I want to give you three things, super practical things that I believe can help you in your life today. I believe some of the most spiritual things are practical things. Can I get practical with you and then take you into some deep water? Okay, write this down. Number one is if you had 31 days to live, I believe that you would be where you are. You would want to be where you are. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean by that? Too many of us have a sickness. It's a syndrome. Here's the name of the syndrome. It's the when-then syndrome. It's this. When this happens, then I will do this. When this changes, then I will do this. It it, it looks like this because many of us, without even realizing it, have had the when-then syndrome since middle school. So it's like, I'm in middle school. When I get to high school, then I'll be cool. And then you get to high school, and you're like, when I get to college, then we'll have some fun. When I finish college, when I get a job, then I'll have some money, I'll have some freedom, and then I can really have some fun. And then you you get your job, and you finish college, and then it looks like this. When I get married and fall in love, and I find that special someone, then I'll be happy. Pastor, please pray for that because then I'll be happy. When I get married, I'll be happy. It's a win-then syndrome. And, but then that's not enough because then we, we go, when we have kids, oh, our life, our tribe will be complete. And then we have kids. It's just going to be great. We're going to take all these pictures. We're going to put them up and people are going to look at them. And when we have our family, we will be complete. And then, you know, you have kids, and then you're like, when these kids get out of the house. <laughs> oh, I heard some amens up in this place right now. <laughs> and, and, and when they get, when I get rid of these kids, then the house will be to myself. And it's a win-then syndrome that if we're not careful, we are always looking to the next season to fulfill us and complete us. The problem with that, watch this. Come on, are you with me today? Kind of try to teach this thing out a little bit. The problem with that, the reason why that's so toxic is when you're constantly looking for the next season, then you forget how powerful this season can actually be. Do you know what's crazy? Is that when you get to that next season, we always look back at the previous season as the good old days. 
Like, like you couldn't wait to get out of that. I can't wait to get out of college. But now you're flipping through your phone going, oh, man, those, man, those were the good old days. I don't know about you, but on my iPhone, I have 12,255 pictures on my iPhone. And the other day, I was looking at some pictures, and it was like um, one of my children were, were in my arms. And I was looking at that picture, and they're like just a baby. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Those were the good old days. They were so little and so cute and so adorable. Those were, man, I looked younger, had less wrinkles, less gray hair. Man, those were, those were the good old days. And then I began to think about that later. Then I'm like, they were wearing diapers in that picture. Any parents know diapers are how much? Those were not good old days, y'all. Those were the days I'm like, pampers are how much money? When are these kids going to get out of, come on, you might know what I'm talking about. And if we're not careful, what we will do is we will be in the season that we're in thinking, I just need to get out of it. And then you get out of it. And we look back at those are the good old days. Do you know how toxic that is in many of our lives? It's a win then syndrome. Can I talk to somebody here today that you are in a season in your life that you do not prefer? And you're like, man, I can't wait to get out of this. When I get out, can I tell you, God has positioned you in the season that you are in today. I would just challenge you. Don't stop dreaming about when you get out of it. Start saying, God, what is it you want to do in my life at this time, in this season? Because here's what I've learned. Many times it is in the seasons that, in, in the time where I'm like, man, God, man, when I get through this, then I will. And God's like, no, slow the train down for a minute. It's in this season that you're trying to get out of. That God is trying to slow down. Because many times it's in that season that God wants to whisper to you. You see, many times we looked at, at God like, man, God is just like this boisterous, loud God who shouts and he sings to us. And man, of course, like we got like the, the band up here and it's loud and we got the dancers up here and they're doing all this stuff. I'm like, my Lord. Like, man, I just, I, I'm sweating watching them go. And like, of course, like, our worship is loud. Our expression is loud. But you know what I've learned? is that so many times God speaks the clearest in the whisper. And many times I don't hear the whisper until I slow down and say, God, I want to be present. You know what I know is that many of us are not present where we are. Like when you're with your family, you're thinking about work. Like many of us are, are physically present, but we're emotionally absent. So we're with our family, we're thinking about work. When we're at work, we're thinking about the weekend. We get to the weekend. How many know Sunday is Brave Day? You're at church, but you're here physically, but emotionally, some of you are already thinking about, man, where am I going to go eat after church? I'm straight hungry right now. You know, like, like we're, we're here physically, but, but many times if we're not careful, we miss the power of a moment. Pastor David, what are you talking about? I'm saying we need to be present in the moment. There is power with being present in the moment. There is power. Like, man, when you're with your family, be with your family. Be where you are. It's like a goal that I have in 2020 is I want to be where I am. When I'm with my kids, I want to be all in with my kids. When I'm here at church, I want God's presence to speak to my life. Come on. Man, don't come here and think about what you're going to do when you leave here. Come on. Be present today. Be here today. Be checked in today to say, God, I've come here for you to speak to my life. You see, here's what I know. It's amazing how, how rarely we are emotionally present. 
I, I don't know if you've ever done this. Anybody here, like, you're like people watchers? You watch people when you're out in public? Now, there, y'all, there's a difference between people watching and stalking, okay? It's a fine line, but I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, like, people watching, and I'm a people watcher because I'm, I'm in the business of people. Like, I'm with people all the time and studying, like, how people interact and culture and everything. And I, I just love it. And it was several weeks ago. We were, we were out at dinner. There was, like, a table of seven. And I looked over the table, and every single person was on their cell phones. No one was even talking. They were probably liking each other's pictures on Instagram, sitting at the table. No one was there. And I came across these statistics. Check this out. 85% of users will check their phones while speaking to friends and family. So it's like you're talking to your friends and family. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Hey, how was your day? Oh, awesome. Cool. Oh, really? What was that? Oh, okay. Awesome. 85%. How about this? Check this out. The average person spends 117 minutes a day on their smartphones. That's the average person. That's not some of you who have a problem. Come on. Check this out. The average person will type swipe and click their phone 2,617 times a day. That's average. Do you know what I believe? If you had 31 days to live, you would slow down. You'd be where you are. You'd look people in the eye. Come on, we would ask questions when people tell stories. We would genuinely care about people. This year, I want to challenge you. Let's be where we are. Over New Year's Eve, it was so funny because I was out watching fireworks, and, and I was with a, a group of people, and, and we were at this particular place, and, and there were about 250 people on this beach where we were at, and the fireworks were exploding. At this one point, this fireworks exploded. I could see all the people that were right there um, in, in this group of people. And, and when, when I, the firework went off and I could see the light, every single, like almost 100% of the people, here's how they're watching the fireworks. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Oh, gosh. It's so good. It's so pretty. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, you're not even, you're not even here. You're, you're here, but you're looking through it through the wrong lens. And I wonder, man, what a waste of time. You could have stayed home and watched someone's Instagram story for that. Like, they're there, but they're not there. I wonder how many of us that we are not participating in real life, but we're watching life go by through a fake lens. Come on, let's make the determination in 2020. Come on, are you with me today? Let's make the determination that we're going to be where we are. Number two, write this down. We're going to determine that we're going to do what we can. You see, Psalm 118 verse 24 says this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says this. I tell you now. Somebody say now. now. Now is the time of God's favor. Now. Come on, say it again is the day of salvation. I'm going to be here now, and I'm going to do what I can. Do you know what I've determined and I've seen is that many people live life with really good intentions, but they never do anything great with their life. Like, we all have good intentions, but intentions without action is irrelevant. Like, there's not a person in this room who doesn't have good intentions. But can I tell you, in 2020, what I believe that God wants is he wants us to do what we can with the intentions that we have. 
You see, what God wants us to do is he wants to put action to our intentions. You see, James 4.17 says this, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now, what's crazy about that is like we know what sins are, right? Like we know what sins are, but what is unbelievable to me is that who would have thought that if we don't act on the purpose that God has for us, that that is actually grieving the heart of God? Like it's amazing. Like we just think of sins like the big sins, right? Like what are the big sins, Pastor? You know, those are the things that you judge people by. Those are the reasons why people don't come to church because they think, oh, the church is just going to judge me. And they're afraid to come because they think Christians are a bunch of judgmental people. And that's what we think are the sins. But did you know an equal sin is when God put a purpose on you? He put a design on you. He put gifting on you. He put calling on you. And when we don't do what God creates to do, did you know that that breaks the heart of God? Come on, this is a great time of the year to say, God, I'm going to do what I can do. James chapter 4, verse 17 says this, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it. Come on, let this be a year where we do what God has called us to do. Come on, am I talking to somebody today? Come on, let this be a year where Brave Church, we're going to do what we can do to impact our city, where we're going to do what we can do to lead our families, where we're going to do what we can do to make a difference in the people around us. You see, here's the thing, though. Many times we'll say, well, why do we have so many good intentions that never really turn to actions? Like, why is that? Why do we have intentions that don't turn to actions? Here's why. Write this down in your notes. Because I believe that every time God leads us to change, the devil always gives us excuses to stay the same. Every time that God calls us to change, listen, the devil will give you an excuse to stay the same. Like, we have intentions of, you know what, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And the devil's going to say, hey, you know what, you're too busy for that. Like, you have intentions, you know what, I'm going to kick that addiction, and the devil's going to say, well, you know what, you've tried before, and you've failed. Like, you're going to say, man, I have intentions that, you know what, I want to take my wife on a date, I want to spend more time with my kids, and then you're going to, the devil's going to give you an excuse to tell you, you know what, they're going to be okay, but this is more important, you should really focus on work, and we're not present where we are. We're going to say, you know what, I need to start serving at Brave, I need to lead a dinner party or attend a dinner party, I I need to be more involved in a community of faith, and the devil's going to say, you don't really have time for that, man, you're too busy, you're too stressed, You, you really don't have time for that, come on, I'm here to tell you today. 2020 is a year that we're going to shake it up a little bit. Come on. We're going to say, God, we believe that if we keep doing the same thing, we're going to get the same results. So God, I want you to help me put actions to my intentions. Every time God leads us to change, the devil will give us an excuse to stay the same. Why is that? Here's what I believe. I believe that there are many people in our culture today that have a victim mentality. You say, what what is a victim mentality? Here's what it is. A victim says, I am the way I am because someone else has done something to me. So, Pastor, it's not my fault. Like, I've got this struggle because of of someone else. I'm hurt because of someone else. I'm addicted. It's not my fault because of someone else. It's not my fault that I'm negative. It's not my fault that everything else is going wrong. It's not my fault that I don't trust people. I am the way I am because of someone else. And can I tell you, that is a dangerous mentality to have. And today, I believe we're going to break it off of our church, every service, every location. God's going to help us because here's the thing. Victim mentalities hold us hostage. 
What victim mentalities do, they hold us in our complacency when God has called us to rise above that. Come on. Anybody believe today that we can rise above? Because here's the thing that I understand is that Jesus in the Bible, in fact, in the book of Luke, he talks about this man who was crippled, who was sitting at the gate begging for food. And while he was sitting at the gate, Jesus walks up to him and has a conversation with him. And while he's there, God begins to minister to him and says, hey, there's a miracle for you. Why haven't you experienced the miracle? Now, let me give you some biblical context. This beggar, this crippled man was at this pool that every once in a while, God would do something supernatural. Are you with me? Are you with me? He would send an angel, and an angel would stir the pool. And when he would stir the pool, all the crippled, all the lame, all the hurt could go into this pool, and they would be healed. Supernatural, isn't it? Crazy, isn't it? Come on, are you with me today? And so he would do this miracle, but here's the thing. For 38 years, this man was laying by the pool, and he was still crippled. He was laying by the miracle, but he never got his miracle. He was laying so close to the place where God would do something supernatural, and yet he never encountered the supernatural. I feel something in this room right now. Man, if you pray, I need you to get off your phone and really pray. Because I feel like God wants to break something off of this place. And I'm just going to be real. If you're new, excuse me, but I'm just going to have family talk. I feel like a demonic oppression in this room right now. And I'm going to break it. Let's just go for it. Come on, can we pray? I feel it. I don't know if you feel it. The air is stuffy. And I do this enough to know that something has been sent on assignment for this service. Because 10 o'clock, we had revival. 11 o'clock at the theater, it was flat out crazy. In this service, devil, we let you know you have no authority. And I'm not going to try to push my way through this cloud, through this distraction. But in the name of Jesus, we just declare... Come on, I know what I feel in this room, man. If you're a believer of faith, I want you to lift up your hands in this room. I'm here to tell you right now. See, this is part of me in 2020. I'm not going to play church. I feel it in this room. The devil wants to steal this word from you. I'm prayed up. I'm preached up. I've already preached this two times today. I know this is anointed word of God, but the devil wants this to fall on deaf ears. In Jesus' name today, I release this word over your people. Devil, you are a liar. Devil, Release your grip on the husband of that house who has been deceived, who has gone back to his old ways. I declare, sir, in this room, sir, in this room, you will be the man of God that he has called you. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. I hear it now. I see it now. Come on. I see it now. I see it now. Let me tell you how good God is, how he's going to disrupt this service. Let me tell you how good he is. There's a man in this room that you know you've got purpose. And the demonic attack over your mind is so strong that it's affecting everything in this environment. And here's the reason why. Because you're fighting God. You're fighting God. You're not, you're not, man, there's literally a battle going. And if you know me, we don't do this often. Trust me. 
But there are such battles going on in, in this room over a husband who is a father, over your life. And I'm here to tell you, when you release your will and you stop being so stinking stubborn and you say, God, I'm going to surrender it to you. Come on. It doesn't matter how you failed. You may have failed this week. You may have failed last week. You may have failed yesterday. But come on, I've come here to declare today you can walk in a new anointing in your life. Come on. There are many of us in this room right now that you are fighting in the spirit realm you are fighting come on if you're here today you say man pastor it is man i'm in a battle right now come on lift your hands up right now right now yeah yeah oh my god look at this in jesus name in jesus name we release that weight of that battle every distraction we break it in jesus name we break it in jesus name now god i pray for clarity i pray for clarity god so we finish this word that you've given, that we receive it with open hearts. In Jesus' name, take your seat. Come on. Come on. I just determined, y'all, look, here, here's the thing. Can, can, we, can I just be your pastor for a minute and us have a sit-down fire talk? More churches are closing in America than are opening in America. More churches are closing in Miami than are opening. And yet, Brave Church, we're opening new locations. We're at capacity most Sundays. That is a testament to you. Not me, not, not to our to you. And here's the reason why. Because at Brave Church, we prioritize the presence of God. In church world in America, we have believed a lie. I'm going off script for my notes for a minute. I'm going to try to keep it as 12 p.m. Sunday morning appropriate as we can, but whatever that means. Um, but in, 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 in America, nowhere else in the world is it like this but America. We have believed that America, like church, has to be, hey, just come, be formal, teach us a systematic word, and when the Holy Spirit wants to move, we're going to edge him out. Because we don't want to see the supernatural. Pastor David, the supernatural scares people. No, it doesn't. The supernatural is what draws people to God. It is the supernatural. It, 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 is, it is the power of God when he unleashes on your life that the people around you, they begin to look at you and they say, man, there's something different about your life. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it, but I want what you have. It is the power of God. It is the anointing of God. I've come here to tell you in 2020, we're not doing church without the presence of God in our services. If we've got to stop it like this and put a hold and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come wreck this place. Come wreck my heart. Come change my life we're gonna do it we're gonna stop it we're gonna break out of it because it is the power of God that breaks the yoke yeah 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 what you don't need is a cute message what you need is to experience the crippled man he says man so watch this Jesus sees this crippled man he says man you're so close to the miracle that's what's happening in America in our churches is that in our church, the why they're closing because they preach the Word of God. They are so close to the miracle, but because they are afraid to step out, they miss it. The Word of God without the power of the Holy Spirit intersecting our lives, can I tell you, will be fruitless. It's when we declare this Word of God with boldness. 
And we stand here and we say, man, God, either you're the God of your word or you are not God at all. So I'm going to hold you to your word. This cancer has to be healed. This addiction will be broken. My family will be saved. Our church will multiply. Our city will see revival. This depression will break. My, I wish somebody in this place would have some crazy faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, it's okay. It's okay if it's me and five other people that have it. That, man, we're too cool for school. We're going to sit up in church with our arms folded like, no, come on, man. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. I'm talking about living water. I'm talking about what will bring catalyst and change to our city. Man, I'm tired of church as usual. Pastor David, are you mad? No, I'm passionate. But let me tell you what I'm mad at. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. Because, man, as your pastor, I'm going to stand before God for your life. You don't know that, but I am. Because I said yes to God. There's going to come a time when I'm standing before God, he's going to say, hey, you were the pastor, and you said yes. You didn't have to. But you said you would pastor those people. So every person who heard you preach, who put their lives under your ministry, you will give an account for them. That is a heavy weight, y'all. And when I look at 2019, I see too many of us. That man, come on, God's doing good things. God's growing you. I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. You know me, I'm not like that. That's not my heart or my head. Man, God's doing good things. Come on, that's great. That's powerful. It's good. But yet we're still struggling with the same thing in January that we did in December because we thought some New Year's resolution was magically going to change things. No, 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 no. We've proven outside in doesn't work. I've come here to tell you what God wants to do in your life at Brave Church, what God wants to do in you Monday through Saturday at your home and your family. God wants to unleash crazy things in your life. God wants to do more. Come on, somebody say crazy faith. Check this out. So this old man, this, this crippled man, come on, everyone stand to your feet with me. I'm going to close with this. Forget the notes today. I'm more concerned about giving the devil a black eye than I am finishing some notes. Because that's what we're about to do. That's what we're about to do. Thirty-eight years he's been crippled, begging, and the miracle was right there. Jesus rolls up and he says, hey, bro, how long have you been crippled here, paralyzed? 38 years? Huh. You're just laying right next. Did, did you know that every year, like, cripples go and blind people go and deaf people go and they get healed? And this man had a victim mentality. So instead of moving in action, he gave excuses. Go ahead and put the verse up. Here's what he says. He says, every time I got up to go to the pool, go to the next one, no one would take me. Go to the next one. People would jump ahead of me. In other words, I'm a victim. And so for 38 years, he had intention to change, but he was never changed. Watch this. Watch, 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 watch. The worst part about this is what was meant to only be a season became a lifelong condition.
my fear is that some of us have gone through some things and what was only meant to be a season, you're still in it because you've allowed it to cripple you. And you've allowed it to cripple your faith. But I feel the Spirit of God rising in this room. Good, I'll take the clap from 12 people that feel it. I feel, I feel faith rising in this. Is there anybody here today? You're like, oh no, I ain't taking that thing from 2019 into my 2020. That discouragement, that poverty mindset. Come on, anybody else that just say, man, I believe God. He can heal my body. He can heal my marriage. He can heal your... He can touch your children. He can touch your family. Come on, college students. He can touch your mom, your dad. He can bring salvation. Is there anybody here that believes that this church can reach more people for Jesus? You see, what I want to challenge you to is be where you are. Do what you can. The last thing I'm going to say is this. Give all that you have. Look what it says in Luke chapter 5 verse number nine Jesus asked the guy he says hey so do you want to get better like that's the key question here today Jesus asked him what you would think is just like an obvious question of course he's crippled Jesus why would you ask that question here's the reason why with health comes consequences let me help you out a little bit this man had been blind laying there begging for food and money if Jesus heals him and he is healed, that means you can't lay there every day. That means you need to go get a job. That means you need to go be a part of society. That means you need to use your miracle to make a difference in someone else. Can I tell you, many times we are addicted to the thing that crippled us because we are afraid of what will happen when God heals us. Well, if God, if God does this in my life, then that means I'm going to have to, yeah. Because you know what? Every miracle that God does, He wants you to be a part of the miracle. In fact, Jesus tells him, here's what I want you to do. If you want to be healed, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once, someone say at once, the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and he walked. I love this because he looked at the man. He said, I want you to be present here because this is Jesus Christ talking to you. You're about to have, oh man, don't miss this moment. And if you want to be healed, you need to do what you can. You know what I love? Jesus could have healed him without the man's help, but he wanted him to be a part of the miracle. Can I tell you the thing you're believing God for? God has a part for you to play in it. You need God to fix that relationship? Guess what? He's going to ask you to be a nicer person. He can't fix it if you're still being mean. You want God to do a breakthrough in your finances? There's a part that he wants you to play in it. You're needing something to be broken off of you, an addiction to be broken. There is a part that you are going to need. God, I pray that you would help me to stop doing this. God's going to say, hey, well then take a time out from those friends who keep dragging you back into it. Many times we get discouraged from the miracle because we, not even that we don't believe that God can do it, but because we're not willing to do our part in it. But come on, can I just encourage us in 2020 
that we're going to be a group of people that we say, God, we're going to believe you for the miraculous, but God, you can count on me to give all that I have. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to pick up my mat. I'm going to walk out of this place filled with power, filled with strength, and filled with anointing. I don't know who I've come here for today. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm believing God with crazy faith for miracles in my life. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Just lift up one hand, just one hand. If you say, I need God to do a miracle. Now check this out. You're here and you say, Pastor, I'm willing to do my part. I want you to lift your other hand. Come on, right now. Both hands up in the air. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And I pray right now. Come on, I'm about to release something bold over you. Are you ready? Come on, say, Jesus, I'm ready for what you have for me. Jesus, I release over this crowd of people right now that our faith would go to another level. Long gone are the days of prayers of God. Just help me to get through today. God, we're believing you that you will help us to own. God, we are a people of overflow victory. We're not just trying to get by with barely enough, but God, we are a people of overflow. We are a people with great strength, with great purpose, with great power. I release crazy faith over this crowd. I release crazy faith over every husband, every dad, every wife, every mom, over every grandparent, every teenager, every college student. I pray God we would never be the same again. In Jesus today, we say we will be a part of the miracle. So count on us. We're going all in. We're giving all that we can to do all that we can. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. Come on, let's give God. Come on, a greater shout of praise right now. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.